and welcome back to another episode of the Second Row Podcast. My name is Park Kelly and I'm joined by Oshin Collins for a very special European episode of the pod. Hola Park, como estas? Ah, here, take it easy there, Dora. Anyway, you can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Acast, Stitcher and any of the Android podcast apps. This week we'll be previewing the Champions Cup final between Leinster and Racing 92 and a Challenge Cup final featuring Cardiff Blues and Gloucester. Two brilliant matches ahead. The best of the Pro 14 takes on France and England. Exciting times. But before we get into that, we have a bit of news. So first of all, uh, the Pro 14 final has been moved. Uh, kickoff time is now 30 minutes earlier at 6pm so that we don't clash with the round ballers and the Champions League final. Controversial. Uh, had to happen really, didn't it? Well, it just would have been a bit of an own goal if they didn't. We're also starting to see some of the summer squads being announced. We've got Cipriani back in the England squad after literally coming back from halfway around the world. Yeah, but in all fairness, he's having some season, so I'm not surprised. No, but we'll see how good he is without Jimmy Goppert there minding his, uh, minding his lunch bag. True. And uh, they've also called up like New Zealander Brad Shields. Hey, look. After all of England's given out about people poaching their players, this is only fair. Well, I mean, it just seems uh, just seems logical, you know. I did like the New Zealand yeah. rugby statement where they were like, seems a bit disappointing that they got to call up our players, bro. Hypocrisy, thy name is Jones. <laughs> and uh, your favourite thing in the Wales squad, co-captains. That's the most ridiculous thing in the world ever. Connacht had three captains one year, three. Like, that's just ridiculous. But at least they're giving their Lions the summer off. Yeah, which England didn't have the decency to do. I think Scotland have named a relatively, you know, not a whole lot of new heads coming in. So it'll be interesting to see what the lineups look like. But uh, England certainly the strongest of the three travelling teams. But obviously going down to South Africa, they'll probably need a bit more muscle. Speaking of South Africa, there's rumours that there's three new South African teams coming into the Pro 14. Yeah, so the Pro 17 or 18 or 20 if the US teams come in. I think it's probably going to be the same teams for next year. But then for the year after we could be seeing a bit more variation again other news the irish coaching team have re-signed 2020 which is uh, a nice one to have we've got greg feek andy farrell and simon easterby all all signed up haven't they yeah uh feek is going to japan but he'll be double jobbing until the end of the world cup and it's kind of put a pin in any one of them taking over connacht yeah and there's still been no word from out west about kieran Keane, which is a bit odd i know they can't say anything until they can say something you know, because of contracts and all that type of stuff. But if this decision was apparently made months ago, you'd think they'd have all their ducks in a row to deal with it if something spilled or leaked. The silence is deafening. Like, for me, you'd have to think it's like KK's fighting something or he doesn't want to sign a gag order and he's going to make them pay out for that. Well, I mean, he got sacked after a year. He's entitled to the rest of his contract, so I presume there's some fairly robust negotiations going on. And um, speaking of robust negotiations, Scotland are coming out all guns firing, saying Dan McFarland is going nowhere until January, so Ulster are going to be without a head coach for the first half of the season. Bull. That's absolute bull. There's no way they're going to let Forest coach be part of their World Cup plans a year out from Japan. They're letting go coach the Ireland captain. Not a hope that's happening. It's a bit of a strange one, all right. In other World Cup news, the Women's World Cup has... a. Gone, undergone a few changes so they've gone up from a 28 person squad to a 30 person squad introduction of quarterfinals and longer rest periods making it a 35 day tournament over a 23 day tournament 
That's huge. And I think that's going to make a big difference in terms of fans. Like it was tough when the Women's World Cup was on in Ireland to get people out to games because they were just coming through with such speed. A little bit more drawn out might mean bigger crowds, more opportunity for fans to get to the game. And as you said, more recovery because some of the, the match schedules were brutal. It will be a challenge for teams that don't have um, professional setups because that's two months out of work for all the amateur players. And can their unions cover them? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. It'll be interesting. And um, the Irish women's team uh, continue playing in the HSBC Sevens tournament, uh, playing in Canada this weekend, which is their fourth event. Um, and they are ninth in the overall standings, which for their first year on the tour is pretty decent. Yeah, I think holding on to core team status has to be the goal for the short and medium term and push for titles going forward. Yeah, games should be on TV on Saturday night, but uh, probably not the biggest game on this weekend, Porrick. No, I do think there is a bigger one on on Saturday somehow. So, start the giant hyperbole drum roll for Leinster versus Racing 92. This is going to be a great game. It is, and on the other side we get to have Sky Sports stop shoving it into my face every time I turn on the television. <laughs> small mercies, small mercies. That won't be an issue next season, they have none of the matches. Oh yeah, it'll just be Craig Doyle shoving it down my face. Even You're... better. Hey, leave your twin alone. Oh God, gross. So look, I mean, this is a game that, at least in the news at least, has been talked about a lot because of the players who we won't be seeing. So kind of from a racing side, you've got a huge, a huge player missing for them in Maxime Machino. Definitely. He has been playing incredible stuff. You know, you'd almost say he's the nearest thing in the Northern Hemisphere to Conor Murray. Yeah, and probably ahead of him on form at the moment. Um, Just so unfortunate to miss out. And I think what it really does is it throws Racing's game into into a little bit of confusion. That they, they tend to play such a controlled brand of rugby with him at nine. Yeah, it's the typical French petit general. You know, they're going to rely now on their ten a lot more than they would have normally. Yeah, and again, there's a toss up there as well as to whether they pick Carter or whether it's Pat Lambie who gets the nod. True. I, I'm hoping it's Carter myself. Oh yeah, I mean Carter v Sexton would be a pretty cool one for the ages. You know. Yeah, it's a dream matchup, all right, but. To be perfectly honest, the racing pack is something to be re- feared for Leinster. Absolutely. I mean, they're a huge physical presence. Um, and what's been really interesting is the way they've changed their game since Nakarawa joined. Like before that, they would have been very much about, you know, direct ball carriers and a kind of more classic French style. But since he's been playing with them, I don't know what he's doing in training, but they're quite happy to throw offloads and to keep the ball really live. Like they don't have as many rooks in a game as you would expect, given that the, the forward carrying that they do he's an incredible player like he's so dangerous his offloading ability is for one but is such a dynamic carrier that he's so hard to defend against and if he's having a good impact on a team it's worrying for anyone who's against him yeah not to mention all the work he gets through in the line out i mean i think the the, the lesson for how to manage this is probably Munster's game in the champions cup before christmas they ended up almost marking him out of the game at the line out peter O'Mahony was just all over him and in the loose, anytime anybody hit him, they were tackling him up high with an emphasis on wrapping his arms and preventing the offload. So I think it's going to be imperative that Leinster wrap him up in the tackle, even if it means losing yards on some carries. Definitely. And it's the same thing Conk did when we were against Glasgow in, the, in our Pro 12 run. And I mean, Leinster have shown that they're capable of shutting down a team that wants to generate quick ruck ball. Yeah, and to me, that's a pure mentality thing. You know, they love the physicality, they love hitting rooks. And if they keep up that work rate, which we know that they are capable of, mm. then Racing really have a fight on their hands. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And 
I think it'll be interesting to see if Leinster do approach it in the same way as the Scarlets game. If they do try and take Rassing on up front, and honestly, I think Rassing will be better prepared than Scarlets, if for no other reason than they've seen what Leinster can do when they hit their stride. That, and they've been playing against physical French teams all season, so they know how to handle a big abrasive packs like that anyway. That's true. Probably better prepared than the Scarlets in that regard as well. Um, speaking as we did at the start of players who'll miss the game, another one who looks unlikely to get his European Champions Cup medal is poor James Lowe. Look, with McGrath's injury, you have to have uh, Gibson Park on the bench. I'd, I'd say he's still furious, though. <laughs> Definitely. Like, that is just so disappointing to travel from New Zealand than to literally be a guy in a suit on the biggest game of the season. Yeah, it's a, it's an absolute stinger. I mean, but as I learned the last day, you can't drop Scott Fardy. Like, I know we're saying that the pack will have an incredible amount to do with how this game turns out, but you have to say the Leinster midfield will have their hands full. Yeah, I mean, we saw how quickly Racing liked to move the ball, so you talking about Henshaw and Ringrose having an awful lot to do as defensive line leaders to make sure that the, the alignment is there and the big hits get made. Definitely, and if Racing had to have any luck, is to get outside their cover and exploit that relative lack of pace in the Leinster back three. Very true, it is one weakness within that Leinster team. So look, as a Munster man, will you be cheering for Leinster? Hoping they win is about as strong as a Munster fan is going to go at the moment. Most of them are like, <laughs> I suppose I'd prefer if they win. What about you, given that this will end Connacht's reign as the latest Irish team to have silverware? Surely you'll be uh, hoping that Racing do a number on them. Ah, uh, no, look, I can cheer on Robbie, right? That's completely acceptable. I just cheer on <laughs> Robbie Henshaw, and then that's a Connacht medal. Oh, uh, okay. That's how that works, is it? And that's why I thought you were going to do a Donna Horion. Well, that's a monster medal then. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too disappointed if I did see Donna Horion's face. Tell you what, Donna Horion to win man of the match. And Robbie Henshaw to score the game-winning try. Perfect. Deal. <laughs> Brilliant. So... Before we get to that match, we have the small matter of the Challenge Cup final on Friday evening. Yeah, and hopefully a really competitive game. Cardiff Blues up against Gloucester, and both teams that are quite capable of winning this competition. Definitely, and Cardiff have been stringing a good bit of form coming up to this point. Absolutely, whereas Gloucester have been warming up for this by getting absolutely dumped on by Saracens. True. Like, it should be a very interesting game, you know... Cardiff were the last Welsh team to win any European silverware, so I'd say every Welsh fan's going to support them. So definitely, although Gloucester aren't without a pedigree in this competition, having won it twice in um, two thousand six and twenty fifteen. Although they did get spectacularly dumped on last year. Yeah, and that was not a good start for the team either. No, it was not. Ah, look, I was happy for Parisi at the time. You're always happy for Parisi. Because it's the only occasion he's ever going to win anything. <laughs> I, again, I, I think this is one that's going to be one up front rather than out back. And for me, I'd say Cardiff's pack probably has an edge here. Especially the back row. You know, if Nick Williams gets going at all. Oh, he's, he's, he's near impossible to stop. He's like someone put wheels on a refrigerator and rolled it down a steep hill. And the worst thing is, he can offload. Yeah, that's the other problem. A, a giant fridge with arms. <laughs> but like it's not even that they have two capped Welsh players there as well you know yeah it's a very balanced back line I mean between you know Wales co-captain Ellis Jenkins and uh, Sam Warburton not look-alike Josh Navidi that's it's about as well balanced a back row as you're going to find within Wales 
especially like when you look over the Gloucester back row, they're missing Ross Moyarty, which is huge. Massively. He, he brings a huge amount of physicality to that team. Don't get me wrong, Ruin Ackerman is no shrinking violet, but the two of them together are ferocious. And Gloucester have a really strong back three as well. Like, Connor found that out the hard way. You know, Trinder, who was playing centre on the day, ruined us. But, you know, between Woodward and Marshall, there's no, they're no slouches. No, I'm actually very surprised Woodward didn't make the England squad for the Church of South Africa. He's been pretty dominant all year. Um, really, really good player. And I think there's there's serious wheels out there. And if Cardiff are going to be exploited anywhere, you'd have to think it's their back three. Because their 10, 12, 13 is rock solid. But the thing with the Cardiff backline is they can kind of magic something out of nothing between Lilo, Halaholo and Anscombe. Yeah, Adscombe does have those kind of weird magician moments where you're trying to figure out how he's got there and how he still has the ball, and it's it's basically impossible to figure out. And the last thing we need is for this to be one of these dire finals that are decided by like a half a penalty and a point or something, you know? And, you know, especially in a game when you have two goal kickers who aren't renowned for their accuracy. So, look, I do think, I kind of hope it'll be a nice open game. It it, it certainly has the potential to be. And uh, I, should, for one, shall be cheering on my Pro 14 brethren, the Cardiff Blues. Definitely. I just think of all those lovely blue fans celebrating on Saturday. Stop it. Stop it. No. No es bueno. No es bueno. Stop. No hablo inglés. <laughs> well, speak some English uh, about your one to watch anyway. Yeah. So much Spanish banter wasted. My one to watch this weekend is Gary Ringrose. Um, for one of two reasons. Either he's going to have one of these kind of defining games where he's unbelievable, breaks the line 27 times, beats 200 defenders. Um, or he's going to get absolutely shown up on the outside. Um, if Racing have any chance to win this game, it's going to be by beating Leinster's blitz defence and getting outside Ringrose. So his defensive positioning, which is a strength of his game, is going to be vitally important. Uh, I'm expecting him to have a huge game for Leinster. Good call. What about you? Um, I'll be honest with you, I was split between James Ryan and Johnny Sexton, but I'm going to go with Johnny Sexton because he thrives on these occasions and if he goes up against Dan Carter, that is a dream matchup and I really want to see it and that is where the game will be won. Uh, that'd be pretty fantastic. Um, so both of our players coming from the Champions Cup final. Anyone to keep an eye for in the Challenge Cup? Well, I was looking through both teams. I think Jake Poledry for Gloucester, he's their main ball carrier and I think he'll have some say in the outcome of that match. Interesting stuff. So that's us. We'll be releasing a short episode recapping these two games on Sunday evening. Please let us know what you made of the games. Tell us who impressed you. Send us a message on facebook.com forward slash second row or on Twitter where we're at the second row. That is 2ND, not the word second. So until next time, take care. Adios, amigos. Ugh.